Good evening. How are you guys? Good. Welcome to Community at Coast. My name is Jeff, and uh, such a joy to be here with you tonight. I know last week we were, many of you were here. We had such a fun night uh, making ornaments and plaques as we give the gift of the word this Christmas season. Uh, just a couple updates, and I'm going to remind you again at the end, but I want to tell you now, so if I tell you a few times, it's like in Scripture, if we see it a few times, the Lord really meant it. Well, if I say it tonight, uh, just maybe you'll really write it down at one point tonight. And so Christmas Day and New Year's Day, we will not be here. Uh, enjoy that time with your family. Again, I will remind you that later. Uh, I know for me, it takes me a couple times to get things on the calendar, so let's take note of that. Tonight, though, as we study the God, God's Word, we are going to be in John chapter 4. Uh, John chapter four, go ahead and mark your Bible there. A few other spots I'd love for you to turn to, uh, Luke 19, John chapter 10, and let's round it out with James chapter three. So John chapter four, uh, Luke 19, John 10, and James three. Excited to be here with you guys tonight. We are... um, going to be looking at the story as Jesus ministers to the woman at the well. And I don't know about you, but as we were, as we were singing, as we were worshiping, that, that chorus that we were singing of, of how great is God's love for us, I just kind of got lost in that for a minute. And um, as we kind of just dig into God's word tonight in this section of scripture, um, I don't think it could be any more evident or any more clear how great his love for us as he chases after us, as he seeks us, and as he so desires that relationship with us. Uh, And as we're gonna see that tonight as we read his word, um, it's just such a beautiful thing. And so John chapter four, uh, Luke 19, John 10, and James three. And one other spot, if you've got your Bible, uh, I'm gonna read it in a different translation, but Colossians chapter four, Colossians four. And so... Uh, let me read that for you real quick. Uh, John chapter four is where we're starting off, but Colossians four right now, it says this, uh, live wisely among those who are not believers uh, and make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversation be gracious and attractive so that you will have the right response to everyone. So we're gonna keep that verse in mind as we dig into God's word tonight, um, but let's pray before we kick off anymore. Father, we thank you for your word, and Lord, we thank you, Lord, for your love, and Lord, how great your love is towards us. And God, we pray that as we consider, Lord, how great that love is that you have for us, Lord, that as we continue to have sing, God, that we will give you all the glory. God, that we will praise you forever. God, we pray that giving you the glory and giving you praise, God, will be an outflow of our love for you just as you love us, Jesus. So God, as we study your word tonight, Lord, we pray that we would love you with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength. And God, tonight that we would have our mind attentive and ready to learn. God, I pray that your word, Lord, would change and transform our lives. Lord, that we would glorify you with all that we are. In your name we pray, Jesus, amen, amen. When I say the word life, I wanna ask you, what, what words uh, come to mind? For me, there's a few words. One, busy. Uh, I don't know about you, but this time of the year, the word busy, when I think of life, is probably one of the most, uh, you know, kind of hit words that kind of come up in my Google search in my mind of what is life right now. Life is busy. Uh, with all that we've got going on uh, here at the church, all that we've got going on at li- in life, whether it be uh, Christmas parties and shopping and all sorts of stuff, uh, life is busy. 
Another word that I think of is long. Uh, sometimes if we look at the, the full uh, t- entirety of life, we can think it's long. We can also think that it's short. If we look at from beginning to end of, of eternity, our life is long, uh, long or it can be short. But also life can be crazy, uh, right? With so much going on and, and this world that we live in, I couldn't tell you how many pop-ups or, or notifications I've had on my phone in the last few days that just makes me think uh, this life, this world is crazy. And there's so much going on uh, in, in this world And so I just want to remind us, uh, as we look at life and living life, Colossians 4, it said there, live wisely among those who are not believers. And so we want to keep that in mind, keep that in context, that we are going to live our lives wisely uh, and, and make the most of every opportunity to let our conversation be gracious and attractive so that we will have a response for everyone. So as we pick up in John chapter four, if you've got your Bible there, John chapter four, verse one, if you would read along with me, here's what it says. We're gonna read verse one through nine. It says this. Now, when Jesus learned that the Pharisees had heard that Jesus was making and baptizing more disciples than John, although Jesus himself did not baptize, but only his disciples, he left Judea and departed again for Galilee. And he had to pass through Samaria. So he came to a town of Samaria called Sychar, near the field that Jacob had given to his son Joseph. Jacob's well was there. So Jesus, wearied as he was from his journey, was sitting beside the well. It was about the sixth hour. A woman from Samaria came to draw water. Jesus said to her, give me a drink. For his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, how is it that you, a Jew, ask for a drink from me, a woman of Samaria? for Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. I've got three points for us tonight, and the first of three points is this, that we are called to be purposed despite the mountains in our life. We're called to be purposed despite the mountains in our life. And what do I mean by that? There's all sorts of things, as we talked about what does is, what is life look like right now? Life is busy, life is long, life is short, life is crazy, and through this thing that we call life, there are so many mountains that come up in our way But what do we see? That word purpose there, God had a purpose. In verse four, it said that he had, verse four said that he had, he had to pass through Samaria. He was purposed. He was purposed despite the the mountains that that were there. And and, and we're gonna talk about some of those mountains that were in Jesus's life right here in this story, in this situation. And that word, that phrase there, had to, where it says he had to, that word is uh, D-E-I in the original language which means there is a need, it is necessary. So he's saying, hey, it's needed, it's necessary that I have to go this way. He had a purpose and he had a reason that he must go, as another translation says, through Samaria. Well, as he had that purpose, what were some of those mountains? The first mountain is this, in verse four we see uh, that there was a, uh, a, a religious mountain. You see, he was a Jew and he's going through the area that's called Samaria, right? And in the mind of a Jew in that time, Samaritans were half-breeds. Historically speaking, Samaritans were Jewish people that had intermarried and intermingled with Gentiles. And so Jews looked down on them and said, yeah, you're not really us, and so we can't do life together. Um, And so they would, as as we look at the journey that Jesus took, 
um, to get to Galilee, he took the route that would make most sense, going through Samaria. But most Jews, they would go longer out of the way to the east of the Jordan River to get to the Galilean region because they said, we're not even gonna go through this area of town because we want to not be associated with them for that much at all. We wanna, we're gonna go extra mileage, we're gonna go extra distance because we want nothing to do with them. And Jesus says, hey, I'm, I'm gonna break down that wall, I'm gonna break down that mountain and I'm gonna go through that area because I have a purpose. I must go here because I have to have this interaction. I've gotta have this interaction with this woman. You see, Luke 19.10 tells us this. For the son of man came to seek and to save the lost. He came with a purpose. He was seeking her out. So as he was seeking her out, he said, I gotta go this way. I can't seek her out if I'm gonna go the other way because she's not gonna be there because she's a Samaritan woman. So I've gotta go through Samaria. I've gotta go to this city. The second mountain we see in verse five and six, let's read it. Verse five, we pick it up. It says, so he came to the town of Samaria called Sychar near the field that Jacob had given to Joseph. Joseph's well was there, so Jesus, wearied from his journey, was sitting beside the well. It was about the sixth hour. What's that, that second mountain? It's a physical mountain. He was tired. He was wearied from his journey. You see, it was a long journey, so what does he do? Like any person, he sits down. He says, you know what? I'm tired. I've made it to my destination. I'm gonna pick my feet, uh, kick my feet up a little bit and just rest for a moment here. But as we look in the NLT, it uses a word there to describe how long that journey it was. It says, he eventually came to Samaria. Eventually, that, that's implying in my mind that it took him some time. It took him a while to get there. In verse six, it tells us that he was tired from a long walk, so he sat wearily beside the well about at noontime. So that sixth hour there, as we look historically at scripture, the sixth hour, so what they do is from 6 a.m. when sun would come up, count six hours, it's noon. So he says, okay, I'm gonna, uh, I've got this physical uh, mountain and I'm tired and so I'm gonna go kick my feet up and what does he do though? He goes and he finds a spot that it's not shaded, it's not covered, it's not cool. It's kind of like, going in the middle of uh, Palm Springs, right? And, and, and uh, just kind of sitting out in a, in a July day when it's 110, 115 in the middle of the desert out there, right? We all know what it's like in, in July when the, the deals and the discounts on the hotels and the, and the golfing, you know, we, we all flock out there in the summer because it's cheap to go stay out there. But Jesus says, hey, I'm gonna go kick my feet up, but I'm not gonna go somewhere where there's shade because she's not there. My purpose is to meet this woman and she's gonna meet me right here at this well. And so... He goes, he sits out, and uh, in, in Palm Springs, you know, in, in that version of Palm Springs, and, and he says, I'm gonna stay here because I'm purposed to meet her. You see, he was purposed because he wanted to minister to her like we, like we saw. And so as we see here, the, the third mountain is this. It's a social and cultural mountain. In verse seven through nine, let's read that again. It says, a woman from Samaria came to draw water Jesus said to her, give me a drink, for his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, how is it that you, a Jew, ask for me a drink for me, a woman of Samaria, for Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. You see, this is a social and cultural mountain that he had to hurdle. He had to get over, and he said, you know what? I don't care about the mountains. I'm gonna hurdle them because I wanna reach this woman. And, and what's that mountain? Back then, first and foremost, men and women, whether Samaritans with Samaritans, Jews with Jews, men and women didn't really have interaction with each other. We know that to be true of, of, of this time and age. But not only that, 
it was a Samaritan woman and a Jewish man. And so that was like a double no-no, but he says, you know what, I don't care about that cultural clash, that cultural norm that I'm just gonna totally go against. He says, I wanna reach this woman, and so I'm gonna just, I'm gonna have this conversation with her. And you see, we know and we realize that the fact that uh, not only is there a cultural issue because he's, uh, he's a Jew and she's a Samaritan, but we also see that she's going to the well at noontime. Again, historically speaking, who goes to draw water at the hottest time of day? We know in, in that time of, of, uh, of that they would go, the women would go and they draw water uh, in the morning when it was much cooler out. And so we know not only is she uh, a lower, uh, you know, social status or social class because she's drawing her own water, but there's something else going on there because she's saying, hey, I'm gonna go when it's the most hot out. I'm gonna go when no one else is here because there's some shame. There's something going on in my life that I wanna avoid everyone else, and so I'm gonna go at that time. And again, we know that Jesus, he said, hey, I'm gonna bust through the barriers of my, my uh, my weariness of my tiredness. I'm gonna bust through the barriers of uh, whether it's a, a religious norm. I'm gonna bust through the barrier of a, a social or cultural issue because I wanna meet her and I wanna, I wanna speak to her. If you've got your Bible, turn to, turn to John 10.10. 10. John 10.10. 10. And we're gonna, we're gonna see here, John 10.10, 10, it tells us this. It says that the thief comes only to steal and kill and destroy. But I, Jesus speaking, came that they may have life and have it abundantly. You see, what do we know? As we remember from two weeks ago, as we were studying, we, we learned about Nicodemus. And Nicodemus is a guy that came to Jesus at night because he was a religious scholar. He was a very proud man. And so he didn't want to be seen coming to Jesus. And Jesus and Nicodemus, they have this conversation. Jesus loves on them. Jesus shares with him the truth of the gospel. He says that you've gotta be born again, right? And he meets Nicodemus where he is because he wants to make sure that he has life and life abundantly. But Jesus, he meets this woman, this Samaritan woman where she is. Two totally different places. Nicodemus, a pious religious scholar, this woman, someone who's got some shame, she's got some brokenness in her heart and in her life and, and Jesus says, I'm gonna go to you and I'm gonna meet you where you are. And so as we see that Jesus is purpose despite the mountains, I wanna encourage us as we head into this holiday season to be purpose despite the mountains in our life because we're busy, there's so much going on, it's crazy, it's chaotic, we've got parties, we've got gifts to get and gifts to wrap, we've got so much happening. But Jesus is saying, hey, I want you to be purposed with the people that I've called you to reach out to. I want you to be purposed with the people that I've put right in front of you and seek them out. Let's not just make it an accident, but seek them out because I've put them there in front of you for a reason, for a purpose. As we look at this, we see that, yeah, God is uh, fully God, but yet fully man, because we know he, it tells us that he was weary, he was tired. And so just as we see that he was weary and tired, we know that he was able to relate to us. He was able to relate with the, the, the weariness and, and so much going on. And, and so as we look at his example of being purposed despite those mountains, we can know that if he did it, being fully God but yet fully man, that's the example that we're called to live up to. This is our call. This is our purpose now 
and throughout the year, 365 days a year, wherever God calls us and puts us. Let's continue. John chapter four, verse 10 through 15. Jesus said to her, if you knew the gift of God and who it is that is saying to you, give me a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. The woman said to her, sir, you have nothing to draw water with and the well is deep. Where do you get that living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob? He gave us the well and drank from it himself as did his sons and his livestock. Jesus said to her, everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again, but whoever drinks of the water that I give him will never be thirsty again. The water that I will give him will become in him a spring of living water welling up to eternal life. The woman said to him, sir, give me this water so that I will not be thirsty or have to come here to draw water. The second of three points is that we're called to be purposed despite misunderstanding. We're called to be purposed despite, I'm sorry, we're called to be patient despite misunderstanding. Patient despite misunderstanding. And here's what I mean by that. In verse 11, we see, she says to him, as as Jesus says, if you knew the gift of God uh, and who it is that's saying this to you, give me a drink, uh, you would have asked and, and he would have given you living water. And, and, and her reply is this, sir, you have nothing to draw the water wet with and the well is deep. Now, historically, here's what we know about Jacob's well. The well was one of the, the deepest wells in the region. It was about 100 feet deep and it was fed by a, a, a stream, an underground stream. And so it was um, one of, really one of the, the best wells, one of the best uh, sources of fresh water in the area. And so she doesn't get it. She's saying this well is deep. How am I supposed to get this water? But here's, here's the, the, the contextual clue is that word gift there in verse 10 that Jesus says, if you knew the gift of God, that word there in the, in the Greek, it's Doria, D-O-R, E-A, D-O-R-E-A. So that's the word in the Greek and and what it's referring to is the Holy Spirit. The gift that Jesus is referring to is the Holy Spirit and she doesn't know that and she doesn't get that. She doesn't understand that that connection and we see that word here in scripture just a few times. We see it in John chapter four here. We also see it in Acts. We see it in Jeremiah and we see it in Isaiah and each time in scripture that we see that word, it is referring to the Holy Spirit and one of those times is in Isaiah 44 verse three. And this is in the Old Testament, but she wasn't a student of scripture and she wasn't knowledgeable. And so she didn't know that that's what he was referring to. But here's what it says in Isaiah 44, three. It says, for I will pour out water to quench your thirst and to irrigate your patched fields. And I will pull out my spirit, that's the word gift there, on you. And so he's saying, hey, I, I'm, gonna, I'm gonna pour this out on you. I'm gonna give you my spirit. And if I give you my spirit, you're never gonna be thirsty again. You're never gonna be, uh, you're, it's gonna quench your thirst. You see, so she didn't get it though. She was totally misunderstanding what Jesus was trying to share with her. She, it just went right over her head. She lost it. She didn't get it. Verse 12 though, she then continues on in, in her misunderstanding. And she says, are you, are you greater than Jacob? Because to the Samaritans, Jacob was their patriarch. Jacob was the one that they looked to, similar to how the Jews looked to Abraham as uh, their, their father of their heritage, of their, of their lineage. And so she kind of asked this in a sarcastic and cynical way because and, and she, she thinks that Jesus is being arrogant because he says, hey, I, I've got this gift. I'm gonna give it to you. You're never gonna thirst again. And, and, and she kind of thinks that he's knocking Jacob's well here. And so as she, 
as she asks that question, Jesus, this is what he does. Verse 13 and 14, he redirects her. Jesus says to her, everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks of the water that I will give him will never be thirsty again. The water that I will give him will become in him a spring of water welling up to eternal life. You see, this is what I see Jesus do. As she kind of asks in a sarcastic and arrogant way to, to say, hey, what, what are you thinking? Are you, you thinking you're, you're better, you're smarter, you're, you're more uh, important than Jacob, you know, the guy that we look to as, as our, our patriarch? And, and, and he doesn't respond saying, yeah, I, I'm, way, I'm so much better. This is his, his response is he just redirects her. He's patient with her. He's loving to her. He's kind to her. Proverbs 15.1, what do we know it says? It says, a quiet and gentle word turns away wrath but a harsh word stirs up anger. So Jesus lives that out and he says, hey, I'm just gonna quietly, gently turn you back to the truth. And so as we communicate, as we share with people the truth of the gospel, sometimes people are just, they're just not gonna get it. And we've just gotta be patient with them. We've gotta be patient with them, loving on them, encouraging them, be patient with them. Verse 15, um, we see this. We see in verse 15, the woman said to him, sir, Give me this water so that I will not be thirsty or have to come here to draw water. And so we see that, that she's interested, but why is she interested? She's interested because the Lord, Jesus, he gave a quiet and gentle word. So she got, she's, she's, she's interested now. Jesus got her attention uh, because of the way that he responded to her, but she still doesn't get it. She's thinking, okay, this is physical, this is practical. He's gonna meet my need and I won't have to come back here to get water. So he's got her heart. She's now kind of thinking, she's chewing on it a little bit, but, but she doesn't quite get it. God doesn't call us to bash people with the gospel, right? I think we all know that. And so let's follow the example of Jesus here by just gently loving them. John 4, 16 through 26, let's pick it up there. Jesus said to her, go, call your husband and, and come here. The woman answered, I have no husband. Jesus said to her, you're right in saying I have no husband. You have had five husbands and the one you have now is not your husband. What you have said is true, the woman said to him. Sir, I perceive that you're a prophet. Our fathers worshiped on this mountain, but you say that in Jerusalem is the place where people ought to worship. Jesus said to her, woman, believe me, the hour is coming when neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem will you worship the father. You worship what you do not know and we worship what we know for salvation is from the Jews. But the hour is coming and is now here when true worshipers will worship the father in spirit and truth for the father is seeking such people to worship him. God is spirit and those who worship him must worship in spirit and truth. The woman said to him, I know that Messiah is coming. He who is called Christ, when he comes, he will tell us all things. Jesus said to her, I who speak to you am he. You see, the last thing that we're called to do is we're called to be pointed in our communication despite misdirection. And what I mean by that is this. As, as uh, Jesus says to her, hey, go, go tell your husband, tell him to come and come back to me because I want to continue to share. And, and she says, well, I, I've got no husband. Now, she wasn't honest and, and forthright to say, well, yeah, I've, I've had five husbands or anything like that. She's just like, yeah, uh, squirrel, let's look over here. I don't, I don't have a husband. Uh, you know, let's not talk about that right now. Um, you know, and she's trying to just like misdirect, redirect the conversation uh, to this place of, of where she's kind of been found out, where she's kind of been caught. 
And it reminds me of so many times, with, whether it be myself or my little boy, Timothy, uh, where I'll ask him, hey, uh, did you just push your sister? And he looks at me and he starts looking around and he's like, well, yeah, uh, yeah but she, you know, she did this or she did that. And, and, uh, and, and that's what I see her doing here. She's like, as, as it continues on in verse 20, he says that, she says, uh, rather, our fathers worshiped on this mountain, but you say in Jerusalem is the place where the people ought to worship. She's like trying to change the subject on them and just trying to keep the conversation going somewhere else where she's not in this place of, of conviction, in this place of being caught. And oftentimes, I'll, I'll even, uh, my wife, all the time, uh, you know, she'll ask me, we do dishes, we put them in the dishwasher at the end of dinner, and she'll, you know, the next morning or that night, she'll say, hey, did you start the dishwasher last night? And I'll say, oh, because I didn't start the dishwasher. And, uh, you know, so the things would be clean in the morning. And, I, and here's my response, typically, and she'll tell you, uh, is what I'll say is, well, yeah, I, I didn't know if you were going to put something else in, and so I didn't, you know, I didn't want to run it, and, you know, then, you know, it's now running, and that dish that you were going to put no. I just need to tell her, no, I didn't start it, right? Just like my son doesn't tell me, yeah, I did this or did that. He tries to misdirect and redirect. And so that's what we see that, that Jesus, though, he's very pointed and he says, woman, believe me, the hour is coming when neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem will you worship the Father. And, and here's what he's saying. He's saying that worship isn't about location. Worship's a matter of your heart. He's saying, the heart of the matter is a matter of the heart and I want you to worship me in spirit and in truth. I want you to, to have all your heart filled for me. I want every part of who you are. You see, and as, as we look on, it, you know, she says in, um, in verse 25, I know that the Messiah is coming and he who is called is the Christ. And when he comes, he will tell us all things. And Jesus says, okay, enough of the games, enough of pointing here and there and everywhere and, and trying to redirect and distract of, of where you're at. And Jesus just says, hey, it's me. I'm here. I'm here right now. Pay attention to me. Get, you know, get it together. And so John 4, 28 through 30, skip a few verses down. This is what goes on. 20, uh, verse 28, it says, so the woman left her jar and went away into the town and said to the people, come, see a man who told me all that I ever did. Can this be the Christ? They went out of the town and, and were coming to him. Verse 39, skip down a few verses. Many Samaritans from that town believed in him because of the woman's testimony. He told me all that I ever did. You see, Jesus, what did he do? He was first very pointed despite the mountains. He was, uh, I'm sorry, he was very purposed despite the mountains. Uh, he was also then very patient despite the misunderstandings. He was also then very pointed despite the misdirection. And so we can't be very purposed but not be patient and pointed because if we have a purpose and we're not patient with people, then we're just gonna just be really, really hard. If we're really patient but we're never pointed and bring people to the truth of the gospel, they're just gonna feel really loved but there's never gonna be any conviction and truth and change in their heart and in their lives. And so I wanna encourage you that we've, we've been called to be very, very uh, intentional. We're called to be very, very purposed despite the mountains and very patient uh, as we walk through life with people. Here's the last thing. I wanna remind you of that verse that we read at the very beginning. It's Colossians 4, two through six. Devote yourself to prayer with an alert mind and a thankful heart. This is Paul speaking. Pray for us too that God will give us many opportunities to speak about his mysteries, mysterious plan concerning Christ. That is why I'm here in chains 
pray that I will proclaim this message as clearly as I should, live wisely among those who are not believers and make the most of every opportunity. Let your conversations be gracious and attractive so that you will have the right response for everyone. And I think as we go through this holiday season, let's keep that verse in mind. Let's devote ourselves to prayer with an alert mind to be ready for those conversations that are gonna come. Let's be ready and attractive in the way that we communicate the truth of the gospel, amen?